1: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Hi, you're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. My name is John Siegley, and I'm joined by Ross Martin from Inside Carolina and Michael McCammon from Cardinal Authority, and we're going to talk some UNC Louisville football. So first off, Michael, really want to appreciate you coming on the podcast with us today.
2: Anytime. I appreciate it. look forward to what should be a pretty exciting ACC opener for both teams.
1: I hope so. And then Ross, good to hear from you as always, man. Yeah, love it. Pumped for this game. It's awesome to have the Heisman
0: winner coming in at Chapel Hill for a big celebration of UNC sports with the the, the baffle
1: stuff going on and an awesome ACC opener for football. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, I wish that the time start was a little bit better for us, but hey, you know, at least we got some sunshine, hopefully. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Michael, what are your thoughts on how the Cardinal team is looking coming into Saturday?
2: Uh, well, it was clearly very much documented how Louisville ended the season. You know, last year, you know, when as they were preparing for their final two games of the regular season, as well as bowl season, they were still entertaining thoughts of uh, potentially getting into the, one of those four spots in the college football uh, playoff, and then then uh, they just hit the wall. They went down to Houston, who really exposed an, an offensive line that had some weaknesses. We're starting to get, I think, a little worn down as the season went on, and they were really losing a lot of confidence. And and from that, they hit that three-game skid against Houston, an unbelievably not expected loss at home to close out the regular season to Kentucky, where you know turnovers contributed as well, and then just really kind of you know. You know, fell apart in their bowl game against LSU, and then so coming into 2018, you know the, the expectations were they brought in a new office, offensive line coach who had worked uh, at Louisville under Bobby Petrino before and had a lot of success. In Mike Summers, brought him up from Florida, brought in a you know a number of a really impressive offensive line uh, recruits to help rebuild and retool that. And throughout spring and fall camp, that's really pretty much been been the focus is to improve that front as well as a focus on uh, reducing their number of turnovers because both of those were really the killers in that three-game losing streak to end 2016. And so that was kind of the hope coming in. Through uh, spring camp, they look real well. Fall camp, they look real well. And, of course, you know, nothing really happens or matters until they really kick it off against somebody else besides themselves. And last week we saw against Purdue the same trends continued. You know, they had you know double-digit penalties, lost 160 yards of penalty yards in that game. Uh, had multiple turnovers, three bumbles, two of them fall, happening within the five-yard line, about ready to punch in for a touchdown. And, and a game where they were more than a three-touchdown favorite really needed to, to outscore Purdue in the fourth quarter to come from a behind to, to win that one by a touchdown. And really, it went down to, you know, just the, the final two minutes of the ball game. So while the expectations were extremely high like they were, you know, early in season last year before the last skid with the, with the performance against Purdue, yes, it was a win, which they always say a win is a win. You know, even though, you know, you get those number of penalties and you see those turnovers again, and those same concerns and question marks start to pop up. So looking at it, you know, this game against North Carolina, I think is going to be very telling. Uh, There are, you know, expectations that they, especially with the false starts, they had nine false starts against Purdue. Uh, A lot of that because of the redshirt freshman center, seeing this first time on the college level, not really understanding some things. So they believe they can get that corrected. If they do, then I think they're going to start turning the tide. But, again, it's been four games in a row now where those two things have been really, uh, you know, big concerns. Haven't seen any improvement in them yet. So the fingers are crossed they'll be able to get those turnovers and penalties, you know, corrected for the game in North Carolina. Or it could be another difficult game for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, Michael. I mean, the, I watched that Houston game last year, and obviously the yeah. offensive line was the glaring issue there. With the new coach and obviously some some new players, some young players in the offensive line for Louisville. How do you think that group is meshing after one game, and what should we expect from them in Chapel Hill this weekend?
2: Well, if you do erase or for, you know put aside the multiple false starts, and most of them were because of uh, communication mistakes by the the first time starter and Robbie Bell at center. If you put those aside. Which you really can't, but if you if you do for sure. just a moment, uh, you know they did actually play very well. In addition to Robbie Bell making his first start, they got a monster and a six foot eight offensive lineman, uh, Mackay Becton, who played extremely well. Uh, they allowed no sacks. Some of that is because there was about three or four times where Purdue got into the backfield and, and pushed Lamar out. Of course, then he started creating with his legs. But for the most part, with again without the with the exception of the false starts, really holding wasn't an issue. And protection, they did a much better job than we had seen in those final three games of 2016.
1: With Louisville running the spread, obviously Carolina's been running the spread since Larry Fedora came to town six years ago. What, if anything, do you think the Cardinal defense is doing to prepare for the game on Saturday that may be different from their normal week-to-week game plan?
2: Uh, Well, actually, I think it matches up pretty well. Obviously, they're they're going against Lamar Jackson, who likes to get out and be mobile, and they're going to, you know, that's I think that's what they're expecting to see against the Tar Heels on Saturday. And uh, North Carolina is, again, expected to bring, you know, utilize two different quarterbacks. Louisville saw that against Purdue, one a little bit more mobile than the other. uh, But they got two, you know, pretty much different looks from two quarterbacks that played quite a bit uh, in week one. So I think they're actually preparing quite well. Uh, just because of similarities, uh, which has helped them out getting to this point. You know, but obviously they, they're going to put more focus because, you know, the, the reality is, you know, Purdue is, is a program that needs much rebuilding process. I mean, Jeff Broms got his hands full there with what they're getting ready to go through. And, you know, so coming into Chapel Hill this weekend, they're going to see a bit of a faster team. They're going to see some more size. So I think that the focus there is going to be make sure you keep your guys in front of them. You know, they like to use the nickel. And, and because of that, I think they'll have some guys that are kind of, you know, probably spying a little bit on what the quarterback's going to do, depending on which guy is in there. And, you know, sometimes coming up to the line and sometimes dropping back in pass coverage.
0: I'm looking at this, uh, the stat line from the Purdue game last weekend. And uh-huh. the Louisville defensive line or, or defense held Purdue to only 51 yards, total rushing 2.4 yeah average obviously that's in a very experienced Louisville defensive line I mean what are the strengths there on defense and particularly in that front seven that obviously prevented Purdue from gaining yards on the ground because UNC had pretty good success against yep. Cal on Saturday kind of getting to the edge and kind of had a pretty solid run game from both a running back and quarterback perspective
2: yeah I think there's a combination there uh yeah I think Purdue you know is kind of lax uh when it comes to their running game there's a I think they're really you know short-handed when it comes to their options and their talent pool right now in the backfield but Louisville as you mentioned a very veteran and experienced group in that front seven uh when you look at them you, you've got to Stacy Thomas is a linebacker an outside linebacker that you're really going to have to watch he's kind of a, a playmaker was rated as the highest graded returning linebacker in the country I mean a guy that just seems to have a knack for wherever the ball is at a 61 yard a pick six against Purdue which kind of really helped turn the tide, but when you look at that defensive front, they've got some, you know, an experienced guy, Drew Bailey, that loves to clog up the hole and get into the to the backfield, and then their ends in uh, Trayvon Young and James Hearns are guys that are very quick, you know, guys that could actually play outside linebacker. They did a little bit uh, during the previous Todd Grantham regime with his three-four scheme, so they're guys that are quick and that love to, to, you know, to find the ball quickly, so I think that's where their strengths come from, and again, utilizing that nickel to help fill up any holes that that might come the the weaknesses you know is you know really when you talk about their depth they've got a lot there a lot of talented you know guys that were highly thought of coming in the recruiting process but as you know they've got to get on the field and start to show it and we saw some of those guys start to make some plays in in against Purdue but again I think they're stepping up in talent level and stuff And, and being at their first true road game as well we'll see how some of those youngsters perform so I think if North Carolina can you know maybe start to wear out Louisville's you know first string, front seven, then they might be able to find some success or or bother some of those younger guys to see what they have.
1: And like you mentioned earlier, Michael, the game against Purdue for the Cardinals, it did come down to them just outscoring the Boilermakers in the fourth quarter. Lamar Jackson, being the talent that he is, he can just about win you a game by himself. Especially if he gets out where he can both run and throw. What are some other guys on the Louisville offense, though, that you think you know, Carolina fans should be kind of watching out for just in case Lamar Jackson. Maybe if he doesn't have the best game, what what are some other guys that can still just make plays on that offense?
2: Well, one of the things that Lamar Jackson uh, really focused on during the off season, as soon as he got finished with all his you know award banquets, it seemed like there was one every other day following the season. But once he got wrapped up with those, he really started focusing on you know more of a you know quote unquote typical quarterback areas. You know, learning his his reads a lot better, winning. Learning when to you know get rid of the ball and not take a sack and those type of things and because of that it, he seemed like an a lot more uh, accurate passer uh, against Purdue which helped uh, Louisville's got a very deep and talented wide receiving core and it helps some of those guys stand out three guys uh, had career best days as far as receptions and Jalen Smith who made a couple of big plays in the ACC last year Seth Dawkins who's kind of if you remember Devonte Parker who's now with the Miami Dolphins kind of a similar body. I could really like it really likes to go up and make a kind of a spectacular catch, and then a guy that was really highly thought of coming out of high school out of uh, the Detroit, Michigan area, Des Fitzpatrick, redshirted last year uh, just because mainly they didn't need him because they still had a you know a deep stable there. But he came out uh, in in against Purdue and really took the game to the next level. And it was really he and Lamar uh, in that fourth quarter that really got things going. There's a couple key third down, long third down possessions where the two of them really hooked up. Uh, And then, again, they hooked up for a touchdown that put the Cardinals on top for good. Uh, So those three in the receiving core, uh, Des Fitzpatrick, Jalen Smith, and Seth Dawkins are guys you really need to look out for because those are going to be Lamar's favorite targets through the air. On the ground, uh, it's still kind of a question mark. Uh, Bobby Petrino said this week, you know, they kind of committed to the pass pretty early on against Purdue because uh, the Boilermakers defense was pretty much committed to stopping the run, including... Not just the running backs, but Lamar Jackson as well. And they did hold, you know, it sounds crazy. They held Lamar to 107, but it was a game going in. People probably expected Lamar to get over 150 yards rushing, and they did a pretty good job of it. Louisville only had, outside of Lamar, only 11 carries amongst their three talented senior running backs, led by Reggie Bonifant. Jeremy Smith, who was one of the guys who had, a, one, of the, unfortunately had one of the guys had to fumble at the, at the goal line, and then Malik Williams. I think you're going to probably see Petrino try to get those three a lot more involved this week, uh, not just carrying the ball, but also quick screens, quick out passes as well. And then, as obviously, as we know, anybody that follows Bobby Petrino knows that he loves to utilize the tight end. So keep an eye on Charles Stanberry and Mickey Kroon, both of which will play at the same time. And both have shown to have great hands and make big plays down the field.
0: I got kind of a two-part question. Um, how yeah. does a, a team beat Lamar Jackson? Like, What do you do? To just make him ineffective or just limit him. And then the second part would be, you know, you've probably been around Lamar Jackson. What's the guy like in person? You know, we've been writing articles about him for a week now. What what's he like as a guy?
2: Uh well let's start with that with the second part. Um uh, he's really a, a down to earth guy. You know, when he's he's starting to, I would say, come out of his shell. You know, a lot of times as you see with many of these kids that come from high school, you know, when you start getting these cameras all stuck in your face, it kind of takes you by surprise. Um, uh, but he seems to, you know, obviously with going to New York city for the Heisman trophy and the multiple other awards that he received, he's starting to come out of his shell. And, but he's really, when you talk to him as well as his teammates, a really humble guy, he doesn't get into, you know, the numbers, he doesn't get into the awards. He's a guy that would rather sit there and watch film and study the next opponent with some of his teammates. than really, you know, check out on social media or check out the latest headlines on, uh, you know, what's being said about him and stuff like that. I mean, we'll often be in, in press conferences and, You know, I just asked him at this last Monday because following the Purdue game, it was kind of like last year all over again. all these great former great and current NFL players started tweeting about, you know, the performance he had, including the guy that he really looks up to, Michael Vick. And he just kind of said, you know, yeah, it's neat, but I don't really pay pay any attention to it. It's no big deal. And, you know, if it was you or I and a lot of other people, we are seeing Michael Vick and these other former stars praising this, you know, probably give us a big head. He has the knack to kind of just, you know, forget about it and go on about his business and continue to improve. But as far as your first question, I think that really you got to look at what Houston did, what Kentucky did, and what LSU did in those last three games of 2016, and get to him in the backfield somehow, make him run, but don't make and make sure you don't get him lanes to escape. Uh, you know, and Houston, I thought, did it best. I mean, they came at him in waves, just nonstop. And I think if you can do that, then you can probably start to get in his mind a little bit. You're gonna make him force you know some throws earlier and that's where he made his mistakes at the end of the year last year, was trying to create too much on his own. Started not trusting his running backs as much as he should and, and, and which actually led to a fumble against Kentucky to allow the Wildcats to beat Louisville. Um so yeah, I think you really gotta pressure him and pressure him consistently with a lot of guys, uh and because if you don't, then he's gonna find somebody. So that's that's the challenge, is you gotta to get to him fast and quick and, and in a wave.
1: It's like you said, I mean, on Saturday, hopefully Carolina, the offense against Cal could have been better. We know what Louisville's got on the weapons side. I'm just hoping that you know, it's a game. Louisville is favored by 10. I think it might be a little bit closer than that, but let's just go ahead and get into some predictions then. What do you want to say on, on this one, Michael? How do you see it playing out on Saturday in Keenan Stadium?
2: Um, well, you know, I think some of it might depend on you know. Obviously, there were you know, one of the linebackers up there gave Louisville a little bit of locker room material, saying that you know, no matter what, that the Tar Heels are going to beat the Cardinals. And sometimes that'll you know either tend to see the, to fire a team up or, or doesn't even matter at all. But you know, it's it's certainly the type of game gamesmanship I guess you'd like to see in big ACC games. But I think it's a game where where Louisville's going to come out. And like I mentioned, I think Bobby Petrino's going to try to get his running backs a little bit more involved, especially early. And I think if they do have success there, and again, not just handing the ball off, but also uh, with some quick outs as well and let them kind of create and get, and, and get some yards after the catch, and I think that speaks uh, very well for Louisville. On the defensive side, I think they're going to have a little bit more of a difficult time than they did last week, uh, but in a different way. Purdue came out, and Jeff Brom is known for developing quarterbacks. They threw like 57 times. I mean, they were throwing, you know, from the outset you know, so the secondary had got a lot of, a you know, a lot of work. This week, obviously, I think they're expecting to see a lot more coming at them on the ground, so they're going to have their first real big test there, and you know, obviously, they're not going to stop, you know, North Carolina every single time, so I think it depends on how much they limit potential big plays on the ground, you know, and make sure they don't get burnt over the top by set by buying in too much of that round, ground game, then I think they've got a good shot, but like you, you know, Louisville, like you said, Louisville's a 10-point favorite. I could easily, you know, see that being a much closer game, especially if Louisville doesn't correct their penalties and their turnover situations. And if that's the case, then it could be another game that comes down to the wire. If Louisville does tighten up on that kind of stuff, I could see Louisville covering. But again, it's been four straight games where that's been an issue. So you want to say it could happen, but until you see it on the field, you almost have to expect that these things are going to continue a little bit. Let's go to score, Michael. Uh, you know, if I had to pull a score, you know, I would say something
0: probably like thirty-eight to thirty. Okay, it's a pretty high scoring. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of points. I mean, UNC showed they could score a little bit on uh, yeah. Saturday despite a very inexperienced young offense, some new quarterbacks. I think they 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 look a little more comfortable coming out on Saturday, but against a better defense and what Louisville brings. But I think both teams can put up some numbers, especially with with Lamar Jackson. I mean, this this game could go into the 30s or 40s if if unc has the breakdowns in the defensive backfield they had on saturday so it should be interesting
2: yeah i think it i think it will come down to turnovers you know again if louisville can can limit theirs um and i do look at that purdue game a couple of them like the first one they had was kind of an exchange issue with a guy who was playing fullback for the first time so you hope that issue will alleviate itself another one came from a wide receiver who just really never ever fumbles so i can't anticipate him doing the same thing again and the running back Jeremy Smith who fumbled not sure we're going to how much we will see him because he's been one of the guys you know during that stretch last year that had a you know the knack of, of putting the ball on the carpet so I'm not sure how much action he'll see so I think if Louisville does limit them and maybe can create cuz even though they turned the ball over three times they actually came out against Purdue on plus 1 on the turnover margin so I think if they can do that again I think that speaks well and maybe they can get more than that 8 point win but until you know we see it come to fruition I'll stick with the thirty eight
1: thirty now we can't we can't let uh Michael be the only one on the hook here, ross. let's get a score <laughs> from youtube buddy uh let's go um
0: we'll go louisville uh forty and we'll go
1: heels
2: uh twenty eight yeah, a bigger spread cardinals cover. so what's well, i mean obviously as you mentioned earlier, you know obviously noons are an early game, i mean for football, it feels like we're just getting out of bed and should be eating our scrambled eggs and sausage, yeah, what kind of uh you know atmosphere you know, you guys expecting 60000 or so there? Or what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Although,
0: I mean, the big thing is Michael Jordan is the honorary captain. so he'll That's be right. Out there. That's right. He'll be That's out there right. flipping the coin. So I think some people – I mean, it's a big game. It's ESPN. It's the Heisen winner um, coming into town. It's a big ACC opponent. It's a top 25 game opponent. And you got Michael Jordan there. So I think you'll see more people in their seats for a 12 kick than usual in Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill is a sleepy town. People like to, you know – have some libations before they get into the stadium and tailgate a little longer, but I think you'll see a little bit more because of that. And then at halftime they're honoring the 2017 national championship basketball team. So there's some interest in that. And along with that, they're, they're honoring, like they're doing some special ceremony with all the championship teams. So they'll have guys from the 09 team, the five team, 93 team, 82 team and 57 team. So there's a lot of things going on. So I think it'll be a pretty good crowd. You know, the weather looks like it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. And pretty nice here before the storm maybe makes its way up the East Coast. So, I mean, it's it's a big day in Chapel Hill. I mean, it's not every day you get the uh, the highs in winter and a player like Lamar Jackson in town and, and with all these different basketball influences and, and, and Michael Jordan. So it should be cool.
2: Yeah, to have a couple goats on the field and Lamar Jackson and Michael Jordan. So that'd be pretty cool. And now, right. I haven't heard, any, haven't heard any numbers, but, you know, there typically is you know for a game, going into ACC territory like this, uh, usually a, a decent number of Louisville fans will make the trek. So should make for a good Saturday afternoon.
1: Good stuff. That's what we're hoping for. All right. Well, again, Michael, really appreciate you coming on. That was, again, Michael McCannon from the Cardinal Authority. He's also joined by Ross Martin from Inside Carolina. Thank you guys both for coming on, and we'll see everyone on Saturday. Appreciate it, John. Good talk to you, Michael.
2: Uh-huh, good talking to you.
1: Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.